Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church in Tallahassee, like many churches in this crisis, are holding their services online each Sunday morning live at 10 a.m. on Facebook. And now, here on Wave 94, we present to you the recording of this morning's message. Here's Pastor Joseph Davis at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come. Yeah, the creditor is come. To take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? She said, Thy hand may have not anything in thy house. Sup, wait a minute, sup. A pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Mm, borrow not a few and when thou art come in thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons and brought the vessels to her to, and who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said, oh my God, unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Final verse. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil. Pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. I want to preach the title, Activated Oil is a Game Changer. Tell your neighbor, say, Activated Oil is a Game Changer. Before you sit down, tell them, if you ever activate the oil, it'll change everything in your life. Come on, tell them again. Tell tell them, say, Activated Oil is a Game Changer. I ain't got through yet, but if you believe it in advance, clap your hands and give them praise. Somebody high five somebody already. You may be seated. Activated oil is a game changer. Activated oil is a game changer. I want to caution you that I believe you need to really listen today in the spirit. You need to really listen in the spirit today. You need to really listen when I mean caution you, just prepare you. You need to really listen in the spirit. You need to really listen for your destiny and for your life. You need to listen like never before as I teach and preach. God told me that today is a day of activation and I'm also activating this church in destiny and where it's about to go. It's an activation. I'm talking to businessmen. I'm talking to entrepreneurs. I'm talking to thousandaires because everybody not going to be no millionaire. But 900,000 is all right with me. (laughs) Some of y'all thought I was going like from from a million to like 60,000 or something like that. 900,000 is still good. 
but I'm talking to people that got business in you, you got life in you, you got mission in you, and we also know destiny ain't just about money, but destiny is about fulfillment and living out your life's passion. Come on, everything isn't about money. Come on, everything ain't about money. There's some things I get paid in other rewards. As I give and serve out my destiny, sometimes my greatest reward in teaching and preaching is a saved life. A redeemed person. Come on, somebody whose life has been all jacked up, messed up, but after receiving the word of God, they may be broke and can't give a dime to the ministry of God. But the fact that the devil doesn't have them anymore is enough for me. Some of y'all, I have to preach like this in the day and time because we got preachers still preaching for money. Still preaching for hellos and preaching for platforms and preaching for all this kind of stuff. And I've been declaring that I can't be bought. I'm about to preach. I can't be bought. Why? Because I'm already bought. I need a hundred thousand of y'all to declare I can't be bought because I'm already bought. I'm bought with a price. I'm bought with the blood. And I'm not for sale. Y'all ain't hearing me. I can't be bought. So I need you to really listen to this profound story activated oil is a game changer follow me in the verses this woman cries unto elisha it shows us in the first verse that relationships are important relationships are important this woman identifies herself and somewhat gives her resume in verse one you can put it on the screen for me Verse 1, it says this woman is connected to Elisha through her husband. Her husband was a part of the group of prophets. The sons of the prophets represents a company of prophets who were trained how to prophesy and trained how to carry the will of God. Trained to be seers. She, be, she gives a resume in verse 1 that relationships are important. She is connected to Elisha through her husband. She says, so it's almost as if she comes to Elisha to almost say, you may not know me as much, but you may know my husband, who is a son of the prophet. He's a son of the prophets. He's a part of the groups of the prophets. And my husband is dead. And thou knowest that my servant did fear the Lord. So now in talking to Elisha, she's telling him, I need you to have a cross reference. She's making relationship uh, cross-references. Can I already tell you, she's already working in the ability of network. She's trying to tell him, listen, you may not know me, but you know my husband, and you know of his character and his servanthood. He was a servant, and he died. Let me remind you, he's a servant. Then she says, and now I want you to know the situation I'm dealing with. He's dead, that's part of the situation, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. So this woman is actually in a crisis. She's in a 911, and she comes to make her request unto Elisha, and she wants him to know who she is, what, why she's talking to him, how she's connected to him, and everything she has to lose. The thing that she really is caring for is not just the fact that she's a wife. She's a wife who's now a widow. 
She's, she's dealing with something that almost appears that she's overwhelmed because now maybe she don't have the income flow because her husband has died. We can't take for granted the crisis that people go through just by one situation changing. We can't take it for granted. She wants him to know my husband has passed away. I got this situation and the creditor wants to take my two sons. All right, but I want you to remember um, that, that I, she's trying to tell him, remember his servanthood. She's still talking about relationships. She's also trying to say, I, I, I really believe that serving works. Right, there's nothing more heartbreaking to serve and not be rewarded. Uh, it's, it's certain, uh, and there's times when you're under pressure you need your service to count more than ever before well sometimes when you're under crisis you need to uh, what, what happens in your life and what you do for God and people to count like never before and now she's in the place that she's speaking up and I like this woman because she's speaking up about her dilemma the greatest challenge that many people face while they go through crisis is they don't talk to the right people they normally talk to people who can't help them they normally spend more time complaining about their dilemma versus speaking up about two people who potentially can give them information knowledge or resources to get out of their situation and I've always been hard on truth gatherers about being a people who know they're in the company of loving one another because I don't want to be a pastor that develops a cold environment. I'm totally against building a church where people worship, dance, praise God, and don't talk to each other. I say I'm totally against it. It's an abomination. But what's going to happen after we praise God but a brother and a sister have a need? What, what's going on with that? We need an environment where relationships are important. This woman is overwhelmed, but she's pulling on her relationships. She's a wife. She speaks about her husband. She speaks about a creditor, but she's also a mother. She says, my sons are about to be taken by the creditor as a bondman. I would also like to say this is intercession at best she's also saying to Elisha that I have inspiration and I have dreams for my children and they don't involve them being in bondage I'm trying to preach to a home that's under pressure where your children are nowhere in line to what you believe they are here for in the earth this woman says what the devil is trying to do in my life and what we are facing is going to cause my children which represents the future or the seed to be in bondage and this woman is trying to express to Elisha that I am unwilling for the future to be locked up you're going to have to listen. She says, I am unwilling for the future to be locked up. I don't need the creditor to come and put my seed and my children in bondmen. I don't want my children out of course. And we need more Christian parents to rise up and say, I want my children saved. I want my children to love Jesus. I want my children to have the right friends and the right relationships. I don't want my children in bondage this is what this woman begins to say in her crisis Elisha responds unto her and say what shall I do for thee tell me what hast thou in thy house and she said thy handmaid have not anything in the house save a pot of oil 
So first of all, she's trying to maintain this relationship. The relationship, first of all, with Elisha. But she's also trying to maintain a relationship with the creditor. Because she understands the creditor has a right. If she can't pay to get his, his collateral for the fact that she cannot pay. So she's trying to keep her relationships in order. And sometimes when you, when you need to keep your relationship in order, you got to know how to speak to the right people, move in the right people, and keep your relationships in order. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that point because some of us can't get our breakthrough because we don't know how to maintain good relationships. We don't know how to maintain good relationships. She's trying to keep relationship. Listen, listen, I got to teach and preach. She's trying to keep relationship with Elisha. She's trying to keep a relationship with the creditor. And she's trying to keep a relationship with her sons. Because what are the sons going to say when the adult mama don't step up and try to do something in a crisis? See, what I'm trying to say is your crisis calls for you to speak up. Your crisis calls for you to get out of all of these excuses on why you're not going to do this and what's going on in your life. And sometimes we get so overwhelmed while we in our crisis that we allow the a crisis to overtake us. This woman is saying, I'm trying my best to not allow this crisis to overtake us. I need you to hear me. I'm trying my best as a pastor to not allow this crisis to overtake us. I'm trying my best as a parent not to allow this crisis to overtake us. I can't sit back and live in fear. I got to find out how to live. Y'all playing around and survive in this crisis. Can I be honest with y'all just in case y'all don't know I plan to make it beyond COVID-19 I know I know I know people have passed away and my heart is very sensitive but I plan to do everything in my power to make it through this crisis now you can play around and let fear ride your back let the lack of research ride your back let the, the, the fact of practicality ride your back but I plan to do everything in my power to make it through this crisis everything in my power this woman is not allowing herself to be doomed in by the pressure she speaks up to Elijah she speaks on behalf of her son and now he had been asked her what you have in your house I want you to notice that many times when you're asking of something you're not thinking that you have something to give the principle in life has been broken and people expect stuff without giving stuff time she asks Elisha and tell him to deliver he says he goes right back to her and people get frustrated when they're in a dilemma and in a crisis because all they feel like is you need to hurry up and get me out of here. Now I already asked you to help me. Now hurry up and help me. And they don't think that they are part of their own rescue. They don't think they are part of their own deliverance. The first thing he asks her is what do you have? In your house, tell them you can need to talk some more. You done been talking so much. So, or tell me what do you have in your house? Y'all gonna have to help me today. I'm gonna try to get this through. I gotta get this out of my spirit. In other words, he says, 
Stop being overwhelmed. I need you to go take inventory. He said, don't get overwhelmed. Who are you? You already told me you're connected. That's why I'm talking to you now, Elisha said. I'm talking to you because you talked about servanthood. I heard the crisis about your son. I heard about the creditor. All right, you're all right. But keep on talking to me. Don't back, don't back down. Keep on talking to me. Tell me what you got in your house. Take inventory. And I believe in her mind, she's going through in her mind um, about, about, about this, this question. What? And some of us get so frustrated at the first step of breakthrough. Because when we're at our weakest, we're upset that somebody acts something of us. In our mind, we're saying, don't you see what's happening in my family? Don't you see what's happening to my children? Don't you see? Oh, man, Pastor Joe, you so insensitive. You telling us this. You don't put us on a fast three days and all this kind of stuff. You dealing revival in the midst of COVID-19 and all this kind of stuff. And you missing that maybe part of what I'm trying to do is get the breakthrough, the breakthrough to your house. Yeah. He asked her, what's in your house? Get yourself together. In other words, I need you to think now. You're intelligent in the storm. Uh, I said, you're intelligent in the storm. You don't get dumb all of a sudden when you get in the storm. You don't lose your good wit and ingenuity in the storm. He says, get, in other words, he's, he's actually asking her to tighten up a little bit for a minute. Do inventory. What's in your house? Tell me what you have in your house. It begins to begin to tell us the first secret of deliverance. That God never places deliverance that far from you. Everybody just do like this around you. So deliverance is just that close. It talks about God. God don't place deliverance that far from you. In other words, it's in your reach. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. My husband and I discredited us. He said, wait a minute. That's not God's style. God never puts deliverance so far that you can't get it. God, that's not God's style. Deliverance is real close to you. What do you have in your house? What's in your possession? She says, it's like she, the way the scriptures read, it sounds like she did inventory and was getting frustrated. Like a Sunday morning when a woman gets up to go to church. Swings open the closet door. Sliding through the clothes. Husband like, baby, you ready? Now! What's wrong? I ain't got nothing to wear. He looking around. He see clothes and shoes all on the wall. And, and we had to build an addition. People get additions to their house. But some people get additions to their closet. This is how the woman, because she says, I don't have anything. It's like she's going through. I ain't got nothing except a pot of oil. It begins to show us that deliverance is right in our house. I need you to put yourself, put your hand on your own belly. Oh, Put your hand on your belly. Say, I came loaded. Say, I came into the earth loaded. Say, before I knew my ABCs, I was downloaded. Before I knew mama and dada, say, I was down. Y'all ain't touching your stomach. I was loaded. Something was already in my house. 
already in. He says, what do you have? She said, well, I ain't got nothing but a pot of oil. The truth of the matter is you may have resources, but it's locked up. You maybe have resources that's not released. It's still a secret who you really are. It's still a mystery on what's been downloaded in your house. I'm telling you, you can have a gift that'll change lives, but if you don't know what's in your house, it's the danger right here. It's potentially, listen to this, this woman potentially if it's not for what's about to happen, could die being an untapped millionaire. She could be giving up on something she had but did not know it. Oh, this is a critical moment to, 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 to have the gift and not know you have it. It's a very dangerous place. To be blessed with insight. God would tell me, some of y'all don't even understand your gifts. Some of y'all gifted with stuff like a smile. You don't even use it enough. I say you're gifted with a smile. But you keep your mouth closed and every time somebody look at you, they think you're the most unhappy person in the world. And then all you got to say is, don't pay attention to my face. Well, that's the first thing I see when I see you. You can't keep telling everybody don't pay attention to your face. Every time I see you, that's how I know the difference between Jonah and Jack. It's because I look at his face. So when you gonna start working on your face? I said intentionally. When you gonna start making sure you smiling? If everybody always see you frowning, they don't know what goods you hold. Some of y'all got to work on your smile. God told me that when I was praying. Some of y'all got to work on your smile. Sometimes people will bless you just because you smile a lot. Oh, you're playing around. Come on. Some, sometimes people will give you a special favor just because you wear a good attitude. See, I know some of y'all, y'all, I know some of y'all think the only skill you got is your education. And so sometimes you go to an interview and you don't smile. And so another person sits in the interview and they got the same skill set you have. They went to the same type of the program you have. They're smart like you smart, but you didn't separate yourself because because you didn't go in there and give your smile. And sometimes people will say, my God, I'm trying to make a decision, decision between that one and that one. But you know what? They'll say something like, I like his smile. <laughs> oh, you ain't, I just like their attitude. Have you ever met a person? You just, I just like her spirit. Come on. And, and you could have chose somebody who had more skill. You could have chose somebody who had more ability, but they had an intangible gift as well. I'm trying to get some of y'all to tap into your good smile. You need to know what's in your house. She was blinded by untapped resources. I was, that, that part right there messed me up because it said to me she could have died not knowing what she had. Yeah, so it says us, she has the oil. But she don't know what to do with the oil. I call it dormant oil. She got the resources. She got the gift. But it's inactivated. Listen to what Elijah begins to say to her once he finds out that she actually has oil. This is what he says to her. Listen to this. Verse 3. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside 
that which is full. Wait a minute. He says, let me give you some instructions on what to do with your oil. So now we've tapped in, listen, that she has a product. She has a product. Everybody say, I'm a product. Oh, you're going to get in a little bit say, I'm a product. She says, look, I have some oil. He says, okay, this is what you do. He says, mm, let me give you some instructions, specific instructions. And this is some rare and revolutionary instructions. And I need you to pay attention so God can unlock your mind. Listen, he says to this woman who's in debt with a creditor, listen to this, y'all. Y'all better listen. Y'all better listen real good. You better listen real good now. Elisha gives a woman under pressure in debt where the creditors are coming to take her sons. The instructions he tells this woman, listen, he says to her, go borrow. Since when do you tell somebody in debt to go get in debt? I got to listen real good today. Listen to the instruction he gives us. He tells a woman who can't pay the creditor, go borrow. I need you to go borrow. Our problem is sometimes when God give us rare and revolutionary instructions. Thank you, sir. We sit there and start rationalizing the sovereignty of God. Now this goes against common sense, but this thing is so spiritual. He tells a woman in debt, go borrow. Now some of us are so practical. Elisha would have got toe up right there in that verse. Elijah would have got toe up from the flow up. Now wait a minute, now wait a minute. You put me through that first test, asking me uh, about what I got in my house. And I, I bear it with you when you talked about what I got in the house. All right, I got oil. Now are you playing some type of game with me? Now are you telling me now I need to go get in debt? He tells this woman, go borrow. Hmm. One of our challenges about this is we've been tricked on how to borrow. Some even think the scripture that says God will make us the lender and not the borrower means that we don't borrow. People who are poor, been struggling all their life, can't wait to get out of their situations. Because the first thing they say is, I ain't borrowing no more. And they walk around all the time talking about, I buy everything cash. I buy everything cash. I buy everything cash. And they walk around, they testify. I buy everything cash. Many of these people have struggled and they're happy to have some money, happy to have cash, all good stuff, but they don't, they tell me, I ain't borrowing nothing. I'm just happy to have some cash. And everybody act like borrowing is a problem. And we don't even understand. Oh, you messing with it, sister? That people of wealth borrow all the time. So you got poor people talking about ain't borrowing nothing. You got rich people, wealthy people taking leaps because they borrowing. <sighs> taking leaps in life because they know how to borrow. How to borrow. They know how to borrow. Let me talk to you about borrowing and how what borrowing means. We got a parable that gives us the parable of talents. 
There's one who got 10, one got five, and one got one. 10 and five begin to do something called exchange. They take what they have, they give it over to somebody else, and they watch it grow. When the servant comes back, who the master comes back, they gave away the 10, the five, and the one. He does an inventory of their gains from what they had. The 10 and 5 has a testimony that we released what we had and we got more than we had before. Then he goes to the one that has only one talent. And this is what the one talent says. It says, Lord, um, uh, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man. And when thou, thou, where thou hast not sown and gathered, where, yeah, you, you, you reap where you had not sown and gather where thou hast not strawed. And he's listening to what he says. He says, I was afraid. And I went and hid my talent in the earth. Lo, there, are, lo, there thou hast that is thine. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. He basically says, I'm going to hid mine. In other words, he says, I was safe. You know, everybody else, see, and the reason I didn't do anything, I want you to understand, Master, the reason I didn't do anything is because I only had one. And they, he had five and he had ten. So they got a reason that they can feel free to ex- exchange what they have because if they lose something, they got something else. But not me. I, I couldn't do that because I only had one. So what I did with my one, I took my one and I buried it in the ground. Some of y'all have buried your talent in the ground. And you buried it with something called excuses. You've given yourself an excuse not to be great. You've given yourself excuse not to rise above what you've been through. You've given yourself an excuse not to tap into what you have. And you made some type of reason why you can take your talent and then hide it. And expected the master, (laughs) expected the master to understand this fearful conversation. Because he said, I was afraid. And fear will make you operate in a way that you always bury what God has given you. You will come up with the greatest excuses on why you can't be great. You'll come up with the greatest excuses just like Moses did when God called Moses to lead. He said, I can't speak for no people from the front of people. Listen to this. He said, I can't speak before people. I can't do it. I can't speak for people because I'm not eloquent. And they said, Moses had a stutter. And Moses said, I can't do it. Moses said, I can't do it. I can't speak for people. And God said, all right, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you support. And I'm actually going to give you a crutch. He said, I'm going to give you a crutch. The crutch is called Aaron. Aaron going to be your mouthpiece. You talk to Aaron, Aaron talk to the people. Right? As journey goes on, that relationship is going well. There's a point that Moses goes to the, the mountain to pray. While Moses is at the mountain to pray, I need y'all to pay attention. Moses goes to the mountain to pray. While they're praying, Aaron is down on the floor with the people. The people are badgering Aaron. Do something. We don't know what happened to Moses. He done went up there. He done died. We don't know where he at. Do something. And Aaron is getting all scared. You know, he don't know what to do. It's time to lead. The people looking at him. He over pressure. Aaron says, okay, give me your earrings. They take all the earrings. They melt it down. And they make idolatry. Moses come down. What have y'all done? Aaron was like, well, the people wanted me to do something. And and I had to think of something quick. Next time you know, next thing you know, you look at Moses. He's facing the Red Sea. You don't see him stuttering. You don't see him asking for no Aaron. He lifts up his rod and he said, I'm no longer trying to need no crutch to get where I got to go. I've learned that I got more strength in me. He lifts up his rod and separates the Red Sea. 
see, he don't ask Moses to say nothing. Some of y'all are using things just because you won't tap it to your own strength. He was afraid. Listen to what he said. Listen, 27 of that Matthew, listen to this. This is what the, the man said to the, the woman, the one tablet. He said, that order is therefore to have put, this is what you should have did, should have put your money to the exchangers. You should have took your one talent and went to the exchangers. In other words, the bank, the treasury. And then at my coming, I could have, should have received my own with usury. In other words, you could have gained from depositing what you had. Even if you didn't do nothing with it but give it to them, it would have earned interest by them having it. He loses everything he has. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Some of y'all don't understand that you already participate with borrowing all the time. We don't even understand that even banks borrow. Who they, who they borrow from? You. Banks borrow every day from you. If you got a savings account, they borrowing. If you got a checking account, they borrowing. Borrowing is a matter of life. So what does the bank do? The bank actually takes the deposit and from the deposits make profits. They take your deposits and from your deposits they give loans. And then from the loans that have an interest rate on them, they earn profits. Even if you have an interest-bearing account, then you can even earn money from an interest-bearing account. So you are already participating, most likely, in a borrowing concept. Borrowing is actually the exchange of life. It's the exchange of life from one good to another good. So he's trying to teach her how to borrow. He's trying to teach her how to exchange. See, some of y'all, that's why you got to get healed. Because it locks you up from borrowing. What I mean borrowing, I mean giving of your talent, giving of your gift, giving of your ingenuity. It locks you up. That's why you got to get healed because it stops you from serving. That's why you got to get healed. He tells us, go and borrow. Everybody say, go and borrow. Listen, I got to get through. Listen. So she went and then he says, borrow not a few. He says, get empty vessels. I got to teach. Get empty vessels and borrow not a few. So he says, this is what he's teaching, borrow wisely. I need you to learn how to borrow and exchange wisely. It is risk-taking, but do prudent risk-taking. He says, borrow, but borrow empty vessels. I bet if I went to many of your houses and knocked on your door and asked you, can I, can I borrow some empty vessels? Some of y'all say, okay. Most likely you may even give it to me for free. You may look at me and say, Pastor Joe, don't even bring it back. I was getting ready to throw that thing away next month. I was getting ready to do some spring cleaning. He says to her, borrow empty vessels. And then he says, borrow not a few. So listen to what the word is. He says, go big, but be smart. He says, go big, but be smart. Know how to go big, but minimize your risk. He says, no, go big, but know how to minimize your risk. He says, he says, borrow empty vessels, but borrow not a few. And here go the instruction. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thy sons, and shall shut and shall pour out in all those vessels, thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went in from him and shut the door. And apparently her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. I want you to understand your life, listen to this, has to have rhythm. 
you got to get in the rhythm of success. What the enemy tries to keep you from with success is finding your rhythm. This woman has a rhythm. He tells her how the rhythm works. Borrow the vessels. Now, I need you to have the main pot that pours out. That's called the source or the supplier. Then I need you to have your sons. They're not going to just sit around and do nothing. Listen to what he's trying to say. He said, in this season, I need you to activate your children. He said, don't let them sit around and just be around doing what they think they want to do. Teach them. This is what God told me. I got to listen. I got to hear this. What God told me. I'm getting excited. God said, Pastor Joe, I'm going to teach you. I need you. To, I want you to get in the game. God said, huh? I said, huh? God said, Pastor Joe, I want you to get in the game. I'm going to show you the secret of success and building and vision. He said, I'm going to teach you. He said, I, got to get you, get, I want you to get in the game. You got to learn how to borrow. He says, but don't let nothing in your space be dormant. He, she told a woman, get your sons involved. Tell them how we work this vision. Don't let your house be dormant. Don't let your house not understand how we prosper. Don't let your house not understand how we flow. Because what will happen, you have people in your house, if they don't know the plan, they'll keep fussing and fighting against the order of the house. She sets the order. She tells them this is what happens. I pour from the main pot. You go borrow the vessels. Borrow the vessels, bring the vessels back. Then we go and shut the door and we pour out. It means when God is working on a miracle of your life, you need to learn how to follow instructions and be quiet. Shut the door mean be quiet. Some of us get a $2 raise and everybody on Facebook and YouTube know it. Some of us get a little new car and all of a sudden we get a new car. We ain't seen you in years. You had another car, but now until you got a new car, you waste gas driving around town with your windows down and the sunroom back. And now everybody see you because you ain't got enough humility just to ride in the blessing, but rather you spend more energy than you need to because you're trying to show off. He said, shut the door and pour. Work this rhythm of life. Some of us are out of rhythm of life. God is trying to get us back in our rhythm. This woman has a rhythm. She has a secret to success. You know why Kentucky Fried Chicken is still around? They hadn't published how they make their chicken. You know, you keep telling everybody how you make everything. And that's why people do the business called patenting. Because just in case you start stealing, I'll take you to court and we'll deal with it. It's business laws to protect your flow and protect your assets. He says, shut the door and pour out. And as you begin to work and pour out, he says, the standard of distribution is when it's full. I would have to say this about companies, you got to have a standard. He says, don't you give out no oil till the vessel is full. Once it's full, then set it to the side. They kept this regiment of success until they ran out of vessels. Listen to the verse right here. Verse 5, so they went from him and shut the door and upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessel were full, she said to her son, bring me yet another vessel. When you get back into the rhythm of life in the right rhythm, there comes a demand for who you are. 
when you tap into you what God has put in your house there becomes a rhythm to who you are when she says bring me another vessel it means that I got something to give and it's ready to give. There's a demand that was flowing and he says, we don't have any more vessels. She goes back to the man of God. She tells the man of God and it says, I want to read it. And when it came to pass when the vessel was full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. Listen, she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil. Pay the debt and live and not children off the rest. Let me, let me end right here. The oil stayed. What is the oil? All right, let me, let me say these two things. Number one, going back to borrowing. Borrowing, she's borrowing against the oil. I got to get that point to you. So you got to identify what is your oil. Because you can leverage your destiny against the oil. But you got to borrow against the oil. So the oil is what she borrows against. Then this oil stays. So listen to what's really happening here. The oil stays. She didn't know what to do. What I do now? I got full vessels of oil. He said, sell the oil. Now what is she selling? She's selling the bottles of oil that she filled up. She's not selling the pot of oil that she had on reserve and did not know she had. Right, right. She's not selling that part of oil. That oil stayed. See, and, but what she's selling is the oil that she poured from the big pot into the little pots. He says, take all the, the oil that you've made and borrow vessels and sell the oil meaning what you just package what you just put your ingenuity in what you just put your character in what you just put your specialization in I need you to sell the oil and what you sell go to the exchange take the monies from it and pay the debt now I want you to understand how powerful this is this woman has tapped into a business she went from being broke with a pot of oil let me say it like this. If you broke right now, you broke with a pot of oil. I said, if you broke right now, you are broke with a pot of oil. Because you got some oil. You, been, you got something in your house. So she went from somebody who was broke with a pot of oil to now to somebody who is actually using the oil. And she's actually started a business. She's actually started a flow. She actually has a rhythm. And she's exchanging her oil and giving it out to the community. Isn't it amazing? That I could imagine a woman who borrowed from her neighbor went back to the same neighbor and sold them some oil. <laughs> ah, you ain't got the rhythm of life. You ain't got it. Ah, you ain't got it. Because she understood. She understood that what everybody in the neighborhood had, they had empty vessels. But she was the, ah, you ain't getting it. They had empty vessels. But she had a full pot or ah. she took her little pots of oil that she borrowed <laughs> and gave it and sold it paid off her debt God is trying to get us to learn how to borrow how to use what's been loaned to us 
the gift of time, the gift of talent, the gift of treasure. God is trying to teach us how to use what has been given to us, how to borrow. This woman tapped into something so deep that God began to, the, 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 the prophet began to tell her, now go sell the oil, get rid of all your debts, pay off the creditor. Now you, you may think this lightly, but it's powerful. When you can get in debt to get out of debt. And, God, and when I read this, this is what God told me too, and I'm gonna say this. I got one more point, and I'm done. We're gonna pray. God told me, Pastor Joe, I'm gonna tell the truth, guys. God said, I need y'all to get ready for the biggest game changer you all ever had in the vision of this church. He said, These are your years of preparation. And now y'all need to get ready for the biggest borrow you ever did. He said, I need to get all your structures right. I need you to get your vision clear. He said, because you're going to have to borrow against the oil. He said, but I'm going to change your life when you borrow against the oil. He said, you got the oil, but you got to repackage it a little bit. You got to get the things kind of right. You got it. You got to get the packaging right. You got to get the rhythm right. He said, but I'm going to get, you going to get ready to do the biggest borrow in your life. He said, but when you do this borrow, it's going to change the trajectory of the city, change the trajectory of your ministry, change the trajectory of people in your life. He said, I'm going to teach you, and I'm talking for real. He said, I'm going to teach you how to borrow. I'm going to teach you how to move in life. I'm going to teach you how to do big things. And so, and so one of the things, let me say this because I'm going to go, I want to say this because some of y'all don't understand. When we first did the church, and I'm saying this as a testimony, we first got to church, <clears throat> they want to know you got some cash so they can give you some more money. So they want to know that you have something should things go awry that they can come and get something. Very simple principle, right? If I'm giving you something and things don't work out, can I come get something? Right? That's all they want to know. All right? But as you start moving around and stuff and you start also building up credibility, credibility is also a cash flow. That's why you can't afford for your credit to be bad. And that's why you got to work on it because there are certain things you can get and not spend a dime. There are certain things you can get if you keep the, if you keep your credit up right. And so sometimes everybody talking about your cash. No, when you start getting the business, you want to hold on to your cash. Right. See, you understand. And so we went to the bank. We were talking to the bank. No, we don't want to give up all our cash. Look at our credit. Do we pay our bills on time? Do we treat people right? Because we treat other people right, it's a sign that we'll treat you right. Come on, y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? And we've learned the exchange of how to borrow, how to treat the creditor right, how to, get, how to do a little bit of something and do big things. And God said, I've been teaching you this scripture. I'm trying to get this revelation into truth gathers as a ministry too. He said, I'm trying to teach you. I've been teaching you how to borrow and move into your future from day one. I got to take everybody back. Whether you've been a part of truth gathers two days, three days, five months. When we first started this church, the first thing we did is God alone. The first thing we did is God alone. We got alone alone yes we did because God told us don't start this church like you broke start this church like you got a destiny and don't you have that church all raggedy and beat up with no paint on the walls looking like y'all struggling talking about God will set you free ain't that the worst advertisement church look all toe up and you talk about God will set you free God will bless you and, the, and the, at least the environment of it look like God done tow you up look like the devil done whoop you for three days a night straight come on God said you ain't gonna start my church like that you ain't gonna be all messed up telling people come over here God gonna bless you and y'all look like y'all struggling ain't got no word God said no you ain't gonna start no church like that we're like God what we gonna do God said you gonna take out a loan 
and with the 17 people we had full of faith we went to the bank I'm about to preach up in here and we took out a loan we just got a building the building was towed up towed down I feel the Holy Ghost I a building was towed up roof was leaking coming down and it was a mess we had tried to get another building I got to tell it because I got to believe me I, I got I tried to get another building it was pretty Trying to get another place, we build, it was pretty. We was about to sign the lease. I heard God. I went to a conference and heard God. I heard God, and God said, "That ain't your building." I said, "God, is not my building." He said, "No, because the people, you know, the building you're gonna get is gonna be just like the people I send you. The people I send you gonna be going through, but you gonna build them up. And so you got to get a building that you gonna build up." He said, "That building too pretty." So we got a building that was a messed up, but the messed up thing about it is the price was beautiful. The price on that building was like $1,200 a month. That was so like, man, when, listen, I'm about to tell y'all something. With the 17 people we already had, the, seven, the, the $1,200 a month wasn't nothing. So God was like, yeah, you got this thing. You got this thing. I'm going to show you how to move forward. He says, go ahead and take out the loan. So what we did, we took out a $30,000 loan right there on Petty Drive. We came in there we renovated it built the stage out painted that thing got that thing already put a big flyer out and told everybody come see we're launching the foundation of truth that's what we did people came that knew us and came in that place and they were like oh my god where these people come from how they did that how they able to start like this I'm gonna tell you if you use wisdom and learn how to be wise and smart you ain't got to start looking toe up you ain't got to start your business looking like you're going out of business you ain't got to start looking jacked up but you got to know how to exchange and borrow painted that place had that place looking good and well oh, y'all oh, gonna make me preach it and what happens when people uh, see because when you want to go somewhere you got to attract investors ain't nobody want to be tithing to no stuck church ain't nobody want to be tithing to no church ain't going nowhere ain't nobody want to be tithing to no church with no vision people want to see their money grow people want to see their time work for something God said you ain't about to start this church like this and so what happened we painted that place and what happened not only did all kind of people come with people with money but people with investing mentality people who love to see their money go to a good spot start coming to the church tithe and offering start coming in we have to do no hundred dollar line y'all know I'm against it anyway amen if you're gonna do a fundraiser I gotta get through here if you're gonna do a fundraiser just do one but we ain't got time to be selling no prophecies that stuff's so elementary come on that stuff's so baby stuff just say we behind on our mortgage and we need you to give tonight yes sir yes sir so these, these investors came people start giving and then we took about a year so my, my numbers get back wrong Pastor Robin had to correct me but about a year later the same 17 people took that $30,000 loan and kicked it out of the church and paid that thing off How about two years about two years later the $30,000 that we used to start off we paid it off and celebrated and shouted and danced that we was able to do it and from there what we were able to do let me teach you how, how we started we was able to start paying musicians and stop putting things on staff and then all of a sudden the board meeting had a meeting without me because one of the things the board I'm usually the CEO I'm normally start the meeting but they decide this day we having a meeting without you Pastor Joe and one of the board directors told us told me you messing us up now you know started this church y'all living right doing good and we tired
tired. This church can start giving y'all something. And we tired of you coming here preaching and teaching and won't let us give you anything. So they invited me to the board meeting and told me, invited me, remember I was supposed to start the board meeting. They invited me to the board meeting and told me, well, Pastor Joe, we want you to know we just approved you to get a salary. We just approved you to get a housing allowance. Come on, I'm trying to tell you how things start happening. And bit by bit, this thing start to take life. This thing taught to grow. Hey, you hear what I'm saying? Hey, shut up shot. You tell what I'm trying. I'm trying to get y'all in a rhythm. I'm trying to get y'all moving in life. I'm trying to get you moving in destiny. The devil got some of y'all stuck complaining about what you got in your hand. But if you knew what you had in your hand, if you knew what you had in your spirit, if you knew what you really had in your mind. You will start giving the oil. This is what the man of God tell her lastly. I gotta go. I gotta tell her. You let her go. He says, Look, after you pay off your debts, the next thing I need you to learn how to do is live. Everybody say, Live. He said, You got the oil. Just live now. You done paid your debts off, and you got the oil sitting right there anytime you need to use it. And now I want to teach some of y'all how to live. He said, I'm about to teach some of y'all in this season how to live. I'm going to teach you the life that I called you to have. I'm going to teach you the life that I called you to walk in. He said, the last thing, he said, she's like, what I do now? I don't pay your debts. He said, now you need to learn how to live. You ain't got to be sad because your husband died. You ain't got to be, oh, y'all don't want to say nothing. You ain't got to be sad that you had to file bankruptcy. You ain't got to live in depression because you went through hard times. He said, because of the oil you have in your life, this oil will cause you to live. Some of y'all need to learn how to live. God's trying to get you to live a life that he called you to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the instruction you get is learning how to live. So you got the oil now. The oil is activated. I want you to learn how to live. Stand your feet. I want to pray now. I had to go through all of this today. I had to open up your spirit and your mind. Without a doubt, I'm talking to businesses and entrepreneurs. Without a doubt, I'm talking to parents. Without a doubt, I'm talking to you about your gifting. Without a doubt, I'm talking to you about servanthood. Without a doubt, I'm talking to you how to get out of what you in. How to use your ingenuity, how to use your gift, how to use your grace. Lift your hands. I want you to know you're loaded. I said you are loaded. Stop comparing yourself to the five and the ten. If the one with the five would have compared himself to the ten, he would have never did what he was supposed to do. If the one with the ten would have compared himself to the five, he would have never did what he was supposed to do. And we see what happened with the one. He compared himself to the five and to the ten talents, and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. While your hands lifted, I want to break a stronghold of comparison over your life. I said, I want to break it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You've been listening to Pastor Joseph Davis and his sermon, which was preached this morning at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church in Tallahassee. In this crisis, their services are being broadcast live on Facebook, so be sure to follow them on Facebook for updates. 
Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And be sure to tune in to Wave 94 each Sunday at 1 p.m. for the current timely message from the Word of God as brought to you by Pastor Joseph Davis at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. 